So this is pretty cool. Mark's been here 10 years, huh? It's felt like 40, but it's all right. Just kidding. He won't, he won't say this, but I will. He really loves hugs. So everyone that stood up and clapped for him, he'd like a hug from you after the service. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get it for that one. <laughs> we really did have a great retreat. Um, a great time for us um, as a team to be together and uh, just be. But I want, I want you to know something about your staff. Uh, they practice the stuff. Okay. The, the things that we've been talking about, about being known in vulnerability, our, our team has worked really hard, and I'm going to brag on them, um, to get there. And it's painful. And it's hard. But it's not something we're just trying to preach because it sounds good or even because we believe it's right. We know it is. And we, everyone in here has to continue to step into it. Today, we want to continue in that, um, talk a little bit about what Mark presented the last couple of weeks, because we can't ignore that, because they're very important in our conversation today. But I want to circle back to why we're doing this to begin with. And we got to start with the cross, because the cross represents everything for us, in the sense that what Jesus did there was model for us what it meant to be known, and how much he truly loves us beyond our definition of love. He showed it to us in a way that we cannot understand on our own. We need his spirit in order to help bring that understanding. And that when we pursue Jesus, what we're doing is pursuing, whether we know it or not, a life that is meant to be revealed to everyone. Your life is meant to be revealed to those around us so people that can see Jesus on the cross in you, meaning doing that work of bringing you into his embrace. Now, when we say being known, it almost sounds like I need to have one encounter and then finally be fully known. Does it, I think we know that's not what it means, but does it sometimes feel that way? It's like, okay, if I've got to be known and I'm in this conversation, everything's got to happen now. Does anyone ever feel that way? Do you ever feel that pressure? Okay. I feel that way. And I'm like, yeah, they don't need to know my whole life story right now in this second, you know, necessarily. But it's an unveiling. When we partner with Jesus, your life begins to be unraveled. And we hear that and we go, ooh. But he undoes us so he can redo us. And so our life needs to be revealed and known so people can know what we know. True or false? True. It's not about representing religion. It's not re about representing law. It's about re representing an intimate relationship and encounter that cannot be put into words or under be understood with our own understanding. And when we learn to be known and vulnerable, we're giving people a gift. And when people do that for you and to you when they share their story and not just what was, but what's happening because your story's constantly being written and, and unfolding, they're giving you a gift. How do we, how do we be, be respectful of that gift and responsible with that gift? Well, we've heard all about it. We listen. We don't fix. We don't try to diminish. We don't try to enable. We don't try to get out of the conversation because it's too awkward for us. We sit in it. We don't try to talk people out of what they're feeling. 
We sit in it because it's an unraveling. It's an unveiling of what God is doing. And the thing is, we oftentimes, and Mark said this uh, last week so brilliantly, we put things in, in buckets for good or bad, and not all buckets are bad, but we do, right? We go into a situation based off our experience, and we look and we try to bring understanding to the situation. We make meaning out of it, and then we put it in buckets. I'm an expert at it. Oh, I, I'm really good at it. Mark and Sharon would tell you, I, they gave me a new nickname, the Master Profiler, because I can look at someone and I create this whole storyline. And, and part of it is just kind of fun, but then you realize, well, it's kind of wrong, too. <laughs> But it's easy to do that. But that's because I'm being led by my own understanding. Mark brought up a passage last week um, that kind of really messed with me. I've heard it a thousand times. But you can hear things a thousand times and never hear it. And I heard it last week. And unfortunately, I had to have a follow-up conversation. But he brought up Proverbs 4, 7. And in this beautiful chapter of uh, Solomon talking about wisdom and how important wisdom is, he makes this statement. And even when you look at it in the commentaries, it's not really addressed very much, but it has huge implication. It says, though it will cost you everything, get understanding. Though it will cost you everything. Well, no wonder people read over that. Though it will cost you everything. What is everything? That's a hard one to answer. All that you hold dear. Now, here's, I, I want to make something clear. When it says cost you everything, that does not mean it's robbed from you. Because when we use that phrase, well, you go, oh, it'll cost me everything. It's going to be taken from me. Who? Yeah. No, 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 no. Here's what it costs. And guess what? You purchase it. Okay? You're making the decision to hand it over. It will cost you everything. Well, what understanding are we trying to achieve? The created mind, absent of Jesus, can only understand created things. So without Jesus leading the way, try to understand why he loves you. Good luck. <laughs> try to understand how he has no beginning and no end. Have fun with that one. Try to understand the name he gives himself. I am that I am. Again, have fun with that one. There will be no understanding that. If you enter in with this, just this. This has to be partnered with this so that I can begin to understand and, and make sense. Not my own sense. Allow him to make sense of who he is to me. Now, what does this have to do with vulnerability and being known? Well, when you sit with someone, you are entering their space and you cannot bring your stuff and automatically assume you can make understanding of their stuff or even your own stuff with your own understanding. So that being said, every day in a perfect world, every day I would love for everyone for it to begin with just you and Jesus and no one else. No one else. No responsibilities. No kids first. And some might go, what? I'm not saying neglect your kids. But the, the posture 
of you and him first. Paul, remember, says in Romans, which we'll someday get back into, that in verse 1, remember, I, Paul, a slave to Christ. It's a profound, profound statement. Because what he's saying is that he paid everything that he could, the cost, to gain understanding. Which means he chose to have no choice so that he could simply be all Jesus. All of his. And he began to uh, have this walk with Jesus in a way he understood things he couldn't understand here. He led with this understanding, and guess what? It, where it led him? Against the Lord. And he thought he was right. But it wasn't until he had an encounter with Jesus that his life was unraveled and unveiled before everybody. And he began to see who he is. Now, here's the thing. When Jesus brings his understanding to your life, shame isn't there. So we want to make sure that when we're sitting with people, shame isn't there. When you bring your understanding, shame is present. Because that makes sense to us. You should feel really terrible about what you just said to me. Or I should feel really terrible about what I just did. And I'm not talking about conviction. I'm talking about shame. But Paul exemplifies a life where he understands what he's done. He understands that he's sinful. He understands those things. But what he's understood more fully, he's gained through relationship with Jesus through the Holy Spirit, that he was bought at a price. And that he is loved beyond measure. And that he cannot wait to be with Jesus in eternity for all time. Just he cannot wait. Because he's begun to get understanding that can only come from the encounter that he had. So, back to every morning. Me and Jesus. You and Jesus. Because it's only that which will help bring understanding. Proverbs 3 says what? Lean not on, on, on your own understanding. Trust in who? The Lord. How can you trust him if you don't want to be with him? Every day we want to engage him. And then we will learn to trust him. And he will bring understanding to things we cannot understand on our own. I, I did not like this topic because when I heard it, understanding will cost you everything. And I said, well, pfft. Jesus, I, I feel like, you know, I don't have anything that's mine anyway. So what else can you take from me? <laughs> and that's how I phrase it. What can you take from me? It's like a little brat. Knowing that I gave him permission to have access to every nook and cranny of my life. So I come in on Monday morning not feeling really good about anything. Not about me, not about just life and there's nothing wrong with life. Life's good. But sometimes it doesn't matter the circumstances, good or bad. You just feel, right? There's only a sound effect for that. It's not even words. So true to form, I walk in and, you know, I'm, I'm very readable. So I hear. And Mark, you know, immediately does his Jedi mind tricks on me. And all Holy Spirit. And 
and he starts slowing down my posture. And what I mean by that is I'm not saying a lot, but he can see a lot happening. Well, let's slow it down. What? I haven't even said anything yet. <laughs> slow it down, sit down. So we start talking. And I start sharing a little bit. And then, you know, it's like you don't want to share, but your body just, your mind just keeps sharing because it needs to share. So it's just sharing. And your mind sees the words leaving and you're like, wait, come back, come back, come back. Because you know where it's going to lead you. And with him, I know it's where it's going to lead me. And I'd rather feel bad about myself than go into healing. <laughs> so he says, he stops. And when he stops the conversation, now this is, and he's very readable too, by the way. So when he stops the conversation and we're sitting at his desk and I'm on, you know, the recipient side and he's in the master commander's chair and he leans in, you know, there's a certain level, you know, there's a certain level of intensity that's going to come. But when he puts his elbows on the, and the hands are down, it's game over. Because one, he's going to ask a very deep question. I know that from the leaning forward. But now his elbows are down, hands are down, which means I won't understand the question. That's how deep it's going to get. And it won't be a question like in a different language. It'll be a question I can understand, like, okay, but it'll be a question that I can't understand for myself. And he says, do you, and he smiles too, and that freaks me out. So he goes, do you feel understood? And I felt like an android that has no relational capacity. I was like, oh, it does not compute, does not compute. What do you mean, do I feel understood? Because obviously I'm not understanding what you want me to understand about being understood. So he slowly and patiently walks me through, and I thought, you know what? I cannot answer that because I don't know if I understand myself. Because I look at my life through my eyes, wanting to give it to Jesus instead of looking at it through his eyes, knowing that it's his. And when I do that, I lose grasp on who he is in my life because I'm trying to project myself upon what he sees. I don't know if that makes any sense. It does to me, and that's what matters right now. We have it on video, so you can just rewind it and try to figure it out. But I thought, you know what, Lord, I don't know if I understand me. And then, because I feel it's true, I feel like people don't understand me because I feel like I get bucketed really quick, and then I go, well, I've probably a lot of people feel that way. But then I realized this. <clears throat> when trying to look at a passage like Proverbs 4 and say, it will cost me everything. What does it cost me? <sighs> now, when I say this statement, I'm saying it for me, okay? It's going to cost me privacy. It's going to cost me my own sense of dignity. It's going to cost me any temptation to want to retreat. It's going to cost me uh, any sense of self-preservation based off my own understanding. I'm going to be taken on a ride that has no end. And I have to learn to be okay with that. So that I can say, when my life has been written, I brend in a slave to Christ because I really want to say that. 
But the process of understanding is just that, it's a process. And we never fully arrive. And when we have the privilege to sit with someone and share with them or be shared to, we have to remember that no matter what you think you know about your own story, God will speak through the person that's sharing with you about their story to reveal more understanding through the eyes of Christ about yours. And so we have to walk into relationship with one another with humility and that beginning place of the day where it's you and Jesus first. Because it's the only way that you're going to begin to understand what he sees in the person in front of you beyond your bucket system. Because we have great bucket systems. But those bucket systems rob us of life if we do not start with Jesus first. It will always, always have to be Jesus first. Do you understand this? Or else there's no understanding. No Jesus, no understanding. There's a, a fun movie with Tom Cruise. I don't remember, like Night and Day or something. I don't even remember what it was. But he's this spy, and of course, he's, there's this gal, and he's saving her and all this stuff, and she thinks he's a bad guy, but he's actually a good guy, and whatever. She keeps trying, he's trying to save her, and she keeps trying to run away. And he finally grabs her, and he says, With me, you'll live. Without me, not good with me, without me, and he keeps going back and forth. And it's funny, but when you look at the layers of your life, without Jesus, it's nothing. You're going to miss everything. I'm going to say it as plainly as I can. Without him, you have nothing. He even says that. Without me, you have nothing. Our pursuit in life is to understand. When you boil it down, we want to know things. Well, great, you know things, then what do, I do, what do I do with them? Well, God, give me wisdom. Great, I have wisdom, but that still doesn't mean I will act on what I know to be right and the wise path. I need Jesus. I need to yoke myself to him so he can lead me into wisdom. I was telling Mark, I get annoyed with Solomon because he gets, oh, he's the wisest guy in the world. Great, but I think he's an idiot sometimes because he has all this wealth of wisdom and still missed it. We will still miss it. That's why we can't afford not to yoke ourselves to that. If we don't do that, you will never understand a thing the way that you were meant to and designed to through the Holy Spirit. Not a thing. And then when Jesus leads you, you'll begin to understand there are things you are just not meant to understand. And then you learn to be okay with that too. Because it will be about your posture every day with Jesus rather than your need to be needed or valued in a way that you think you understand. It will be about him. Now, I don't know how all this works. I don't really care because it's way above my pay grade. But Jesus makes it very clear. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. Truth. An understanding of knowledge and wisdom that can only come from Jesus. Truth. And the life. Only, there's no life outside of him. Abide in me. Remain in me. Stay with me. And I will stay with you. And you will bear what? Fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. So as we continue talking about vulnerability, we talk about all these steps that help us listen and this and that. They're amazing things and helpful, but not without Jesus. And I always want to bring it back to him. 
We always have to. We cannot lose sight of it. We can't. The church has lost sight of him far too long as a whole. We cannot do that. And if it annoys people, great. That means it's hidden. Oh, it's about Jesus. Yeah, it is. I've had some people say, well, I'm, it got annoying at first. Yeah, it is. Well, I grew up with that in my house, and I, I thought it was a curse, and I found it was my greatest blessing. I remember my dad would always ask me, all I wanted was sympathy and to be heard and about certain situations, and he would say, well, what does the Lord want to say to you about that? Well, I don't care. I want to mope. Let me mope. My understanding is leading me to a place where I want to mope and feel bad for myself. And my folks would always say, well, what's the Lord saying that? I just told you I don't care. Well, you better start caring. <laughs> Fine. I hated hearing it. But now it's my lifeline. It is the only thing that matters to me is him. Because I can't navigate this life or conversation with people without him. Because then I'll make meaning of myself, them, and will miss the mark. And how can I help how can my life be used to lead people to Christ if I'm not going to yield to Christ? Now, God can do everything, but I'm thinking of it, i got to surrender this and my own understanding. And I cannot do that without him. We cannot do that without him. Understand? I don't know what the Lord wants to do with this, but I want us to get to a place where we can say, do whatever you want with it. And I'll guarantee you this, it'll be painful but fruitful. Because remember, in the unraveling, God undoes gently that which we have used to fortify ourselves for protection and to understand the world around us. And when we encounter him, he unravels that. And that's painful. Working out is painful. I hate running. It's painful. It's annoying. But when I look at how I feel after the fact, I go, wow, the pain bear, it bore fruit. So the unraveling, God begins to now unveil you. And people begin to see him in you in a fresh way. In a way that he was meant to be seen. Because as Mark said, talk about the most misunderstood person in the history of history is Jesus. Because people would look at him through their eyes, even his own disciples. And some would say, well, you know, they lived better lives because they were with him. Oh my gosh, they were the biggest screw-ups ever. And he was right there in the flesh. So let that go and understand the same spirit within them is the spirit within you. And he wants to bring understanding. His truth and understanding. Which means that we have to continue to wake up and see him first as best we can. Amen? All right, Lord, we thank you. And we praise you. Because you lead, you guide, and you give us understanding based off your truth. And I ask in Jesus' name, 
If there's anything I said that was convoluted or not of you, that you would remove it in Jesus' name and plant deep within our hearts those things, those truths that you want us to hear and wrestle with, even if it's just one. One truth of who you are will wreck our lives in the, the best way possible. So I pray that we would cling and hear, hear and cling to that one truth and allow you to do your work. And as painful as it can be at times, I thank you, God, that you don't leave us in that place. But as we yoke ourselves to you, you lead us into this beautiful place from unraveling to unveiling to restoration to life and joy, even in the midst of challenging circumstances. I just pray a blessing over this family. To be yours. And only yours to not give ourselves away to other things. But you. Just you. So we thank you. I pray your blessing over our tithes and our offerings that are yours. It's a small price. And I pray that you would use them for your kingdom, for the unveiling of your heart to every person we encounter. That you'd bless all the resources of this place in Jesus' name. That we would see you as the ultimate resource. We are never lacking in you, never found wanting. We thank you for that. We pray a blessing over our time of worship, of communion a little bit later, and that we remember it's first it's just, it's just you, and then you and me, and then you bring people into the fold. But we want to see just you and start there every day and stay with you as you move us through the day. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Leave behind your regrets.
Just blood of Jesus Christ. 